Hello, and welcome to Icon Underground Radio for the week of March 5th, 2017. I'm Jen. I'm Alex. And I'm David. Uh, so this week, uh, we've got news here and there, uh, and then we are going to talk about the Lost Light number four and Till All Are One number eight, uh, both of which were really good this month. Yeah. Uh, so... We we will start off with some news, not really news, more olds, about uh, a comic that was not good. Uh, apparently this week is the 15-year anniversary of the Dreamwave Transformers comics. Yep. And that was, you know, that it was a big deal when that came out. They sold, like, I think that was one of the first things to break over. Now, now it was pointed out at the time. That that was like the number one best-selling comic that month on numbers that were lower than the sales numbers under which G1 got canceled because the comic book market had contracted so much at that point. Yeah. But, uh, it, it broke. I mean, it broke, uh, a hundred thousand, which is, you know, a pretty big deal. Uh, also it was terrible. It's just, it was was not good. It kept trying. We were starved for Transformers media at that point. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've talked about that in other contexts, uh, but, but yeah. And we were kind of starved. I mean, that was really one of the first things to come out that was sort of more adult geared, but then it was Mm -hmm. trying a little too hard. It was that adult that's like, 12-year-olds trying to seem really mature. Uh, <laughs> there was a guy taking a leak in the first ep- in the first issue. Mm. And then he, like, gets stepped on by Megatron. And that's just mm-hmm. like, no, that's, that's stupid. <laughs> that's, that's not mature. It's, it's the opposite of mature. Michael Bay? And one of the, uh, what, one of my uh, my favorite criticisms of it was that it would often do things trying to be shocking that had already been done in Transformers. Uh, for instance, the Generation 2 comic actually did blow up San Francisco. <laughs> the Dreamwave comic just threatened to blow up San Francisco. <laughs> it's like... Yeah, that's, uh, it, I, I, I appreciated that it was specifically San Francisco. Like, <laughs> they, they couldn't they, even have chosen a new city. Yeah, they didn't even, and I can only assume that they never read any Simon Furman because it was just not, it was not good. Uh, it so was yeah. named, the, the story arc was named Prime Directive. Uh, which is never a good sign. No, no, it's not. It's, it's a sign of we have a guy who draws good pinups <laughs> and for a good for a in questionable quotes. value of good. Yeah, yeah. Okay, Hasbro likes his pinups for some reason. A lot of people like his pinups. It, apparently, they got the license. They were very on, nicely colored. They got the license based on him doing a pinup in Wizard World. Yes. Yeah. No, just Wizard, just Wizard Magazine. Yeah. Oh. yeah. Back when it was a magazine and not 
the a cancer gnawing at the heart of geek fandom. And and even just looking at the cover, there are obvious problems with the art. Oh yeah, I mean he's not <laughs> he he was not good at art. His I mean the thing was really just that he was very stylized. Uh it was at a point where there was not a lot of the okay, so this was the the year 2002. Uh, we were coming out of the 90s. We were coming out of a point where anime influence was just starting to seep into art styles in comic books. Uh, it was still done. still very heavily drawing from the early 90s art styles. I was going to say he, Pat Lee was almost too slick, digitally colored, printed on glossy magazine pages comics, what Rob Liefeld was to early to mid-90s comics. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he... And, you know, it, it sold really well. It was really, you know... It was the best-selling non-free comic book day issue that came out that month, selling 128,202 copies. Beating out Grant Morrison's new X-Men number 125 and hmm. Ultimates issue 4. Hmm. Yeah, so it was, there was so much hype around it. There was so much, like, it had, like, multiple covers and it was just, you know, it, it was hyped. And the hype carried it. The series was number one for every month it came out in the six issue run, except for month four, when the Armada tie-in comic they launched was number one, and the G1 comic was number two. Ooh, I didn't realize that uh, that the Armada comic got that high. That the Armada two? comic yeah. was was decent. Uh, also, I think I mentioned my story about how my my copy of Armada number one ended up signed by Pat Lee, even though he had nothing to do with it <laughs> because it was within reach. <laughs> Oh, Pat Lee. You ripped a bunch of people off. Yeah. For everything. You did not pay your employees. Oh, mm. Pat Lee. So, yes, today today we raise a glass to <laughs> Pat Lee, one of the most dull surprise influences <laughs> on Transformers fandom and art. Such a horrible thing. You started. Ended up... hmm? Go. I was gonna say, Pat, you started a course of events that led to the creation of five Michael Bay movies. I uh, hope you're happy. Yeah. Well, he probably is. He probably thinks that's a good great. Point, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, on, on the plus side, we did eventually get IDW Transformers out of it, and uh, Alex Mill became a great artist, and it actually has yeah. his name on things now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's actually credited because, yeah, Alex Milne ghost drew some stuff uh, for for Pat Lee, and yeah. And even when he wasn't ghost drawing and actually got credit, Pat Lee insisted that everybody draw like him because it was his comic book studio. Yeah, yeah. and they that had a house style. And I'm sure that's a lot of why, you know, when. Alex Milne started on More Than Meets the Eye and was actually really good. Everyone was astonished because they were used to him. And I mean, he had been 
sort of put put under those standards and and you know told to draw that way so he didn't really get to do his own stuff until later and when he did it actually turned out to be pretty great so yeah i would say that that the dreamwave transformers comics especially that first limited series uh was definitely the michael bay movies of transformers comics not that I mean, good. It tries to do a bunch of stuff that really isn't that impressive. And, and from a more real-world standpoint, they are what led Paramount to option the property. Oh, okay. That's mm. not not super surprising, but huh. So there you go. That's and and I guess maybe that's what told Paramount that it didn't matter if it was good. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> uh, so in other comics news, and this actually, I, uh, I spent the weekend thinking that this was just an April Fool's thing, but <laughs> apparently we are getting a Transformers and ROM crossover comic. Uh, I guess, yeah, it is actually Transformers versus ROM. Why they gotta fight? Why they always gotta fight? It's a crossover. Well, isn't it like it's a crossover, but it has Bumblebee, so it's set in the past? Well, I was actually wondering if that might tie into the annual story that we just got uh, that suggested that Bumblebee is stuck in this sort of limbo. Uh, and that might tie into Rom and the Dire Wraiths and... I don't know. You know. I didn't actually read info about the new comic. Maybe it is a flashback. Who knows? <laughs> actually, yeah, it says, uh, once I actually read things, it says it will be set roughly 200 years ago. Uh, okay. So. So 200 years ago, yeah. there was a, um, space knight who looked like a common rider? <laughs> that one guy in the sure. corner with the big face mask, he, he's a freaking common rider mask. Kind of like, also, um, is, is it Omega? There's going to be a Transformer Space Knight, which is, is definitely, it's like if ROM had, had been more popular, I mean it was pretty popular, but if it had been more popular, there would have been art of that, like, in the old fanzines alongside the art of transforming TARDISes and transforming DeLoreans. <laughs> and the Green Lantern of Cybertron. Yes, and uh, also transforming various Star Trek ships. Can't really forget that. Oh, God, I, I need to go back and look at those out of morbid curiosity, because those are not good ship designs to have transformed. I, no, uh, yeah, so they, they were generally pretty awkward. I will have to, uh, I'll have to dig some of those up. I don't know if any of that will go online, because then that's a matter of tracking down people and and all that, but... That's Alex. You come visit. We'll dig up my old zine archives, by which I mean hey, the zines. milk, the milk crate I keep them in, and uh, we'll see if we can find some of that. So, yeah, I I do sort of wonder though, talking about Rom's popularity, if this is sort of, especially because they uh, they have the aforementioned Alex Milne on art for it. Uh, so I do kind of wonder if point of this is that not enough people are reading their rom comic 
that they're really fond of and they want more people to read it. So it's basically the IDW equivalent of having Wolverine show up in everything in the early nineties. <laughs> Wait, so I, Bumblebee I and Ultra Magnus are Wolverine now? Okay. Yes. <laughs> yes. I mean, I guess it's as much that as it is Hasbro has the rights to ROM. Yeah. They want to do something with them. They've wanted to do something with them for the past ten years, and the problem has always been, while they own the character, they own nothing they can do with him story-wise. Yeah. Well, yeah. So this might just be part of a push to, okay, if we're finally going to do ROM series, so let's get as much ROM stuff as we can out. And that, yeah. that may be it, too. Uh, but, I mean, that's definitely having it cross over with, you know, especially specifically using a pair of characters featured on the cover who are, you know, very popular with current readers of Transformers. Uh, it's definitely a way, I mean, I guess they couldn't get Windblade because, you know, she would have been on Caminus then. Well, the but, the common uh, writer-y looking dude does kind of have a Windblade haircut. Well, there you go. <laughs> so, yeah, it, it does sort of seem like... The, the Wolverine crossover of current IDW stuff. But that, yeah. there's not necessarily anything wrong with that. As long as it doesn't get, you know, like early <laughs> early 90s Wolverine where he's just yeah, no. in everything. Just, I mean, who else could Rom crossover with in a flashback in this continuity? I guess in a flashback, mm-hmm. yeah, that's a good point because there are only so many, you know beings that live that long. So, there's sort of... Uh, and only so many beings in space. Yes. Also yeah. in space. Man, I need to dig out my original rom-comics and, and read through some of those again. It's been a very mm. long time. Mm. Uh, so, yeah, that's... You know, I, I think that I will be reading that. Yeah, probably unlike so, the Revolutions comic, I keep not actually reading... Yeah, yeah. I need to to catch up with some of that stuff and things. It's you know, there's only so much time in the day. Uh, maybe one of those weeks when we don't have anything else out. Yeah, that sounds like a good plan. We can can catch up on some of that. Uh, so other news, uh, on to movie news, cause there's always movie news. We're reaching a point where there is pretty much just always movie news. Uh, yeah. speaking of, there's apparently some sort of, uh, thing going on in New York tonight, uh, related to oh, yeah, they're, a viewing I of the movie. I think they're actually showing the movie. I think the whole movie, maybe? Is it like a test screening thing where they're checking audience reactions and maybe going back and re-editing or is it just, oh, here's a sneak preview? Uh, it's, it's, okay, apparently it is uh, and, and we are we are recording this Tuesday night uh, and yeah, there's apparently it is an IMAX special preview event uh, and they showed a bunch of clips, basically. Oh, just clips. So, yeah. so it looks like that's not a, a full... They probably still have some post-production stuff. I would hope they would still have some post-production stuff. It's got a little yeah, while left to go. How yeah. much? When does it come out? Uh, 
uh, summer? June? <laughs> Sometime in the summer. June. Uh, okay. uh, I have no good, I have a very poor sense of time. Mm. Uh, but yeah, so there are pictures. There are more like official render pictures of Hot Rod out there. Uh, he yeah. Did we presumably see continues I don't to sound fresh. Of Hot Rod before. Yeah, I don't think we've we saw... seen like a vehicle reveal, and I think we'd seen one pose. Oh. Yeah, we saw some very basic stuff. June twenty third is when Transformers Last Night will come out, and I will probably subject myself to it. Yeah, yeah I mean, I will subject myself to it. I will probably subject myself to it opening night. <laughs> <laughs> I might have to see if I can get someone I write for to pay for my ticket because <laughs> I don't. I don't know, man. I don't know if I want to see it, if I'm not just writing about it. Uh, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. Uh, so, yeah, that is that is a thing. Uh, he's so got good. some red. Uh, not And a lot of black. Yeah, a lot of black. Yes, three new renders showing off this interpretation of the character's fundamental flaw. Lack of flames on chest. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, they really did not get the heart of the character. No. <laughs> the heart of the character the des- being that he's got flames on his chest. To me, the design kind of looks like those NFL half commercial robot things. Yeah. Like football robots. Is just, I've honestly sort of thought that most of most of the movie well, Transformers look that way. Yeah. I mean that that's kind that's almost recursive. Yeah, because... Looking like those NFL robots that look like Transformers. Yeah. It's, it's it's all like one big cycle feeding on itself. One big bad design. I mean, I guess not bad, but it's it's a particular design feeding on itself. No. No. So yes, he will be a Lamborghini. It's very exciting. He will be not... I mean, I guess it's Hot Rod, so he's never been one for hiding that well anyway. He's <laughs> <laughs> not the most subtle. But it it is another in a long line of Transformers with really obvious almost. Well, it's pretty much everything in the dating. movies. Yeah. I mean, dating all the way back to G1 Wheeljack, where it's like... <laughs> I'm a car that's not on this continent, and also there's only six of me in this deco in the world, and it's one of the rarest cars on the planet because it's an in-use race car. Yes, there there are uh, several that are a particular model of Porsche that uh, was never licensed for street use in the U.S., so that would also be not a good disguise. Uh, but but yeah. It's, you know, it's the movies. They gotta be fancy. They can't have them rolling up as Honda Accords. Really should have. Uh, which Honda I guess. Hmm. <laughs> yes, they should. They should have an, an old Volvo. Anyway, um, there'll be more movie, movie news at some point. And, uh, yep. oh, so much more. There always it, is. It's getting closer and closer. It's gonna be leaking like a sieve, folks. Yeah. Uh, oh. Give me a moment. My cat is making poor life choices. <laughs> it's going to go watch the last night too. <laughs> no, he was he was actually uh, chewing on Chrome Dome's gun. Oh no. no! Well, that's not quite as oh as uh, when he was chewing on 
uh, the little gun barrels for the minicon that comes with Mega Zarek, which was like, mm. no! <laughs> that was, that was not good. It's not good. Don't chew on my convention toys, cat. Alright, so, uh, other news. In the Earth Wars, I should really download this Earth Wars game, I guess. Cause, I don't know. It seems to be a thing. Is it on Android? Uh, yeah. Oh, maybe I should see if I can do that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, man. Your phone. It's not great. No, it, it works. But the, the important thing is that it is going to have Beast Wars. Uh, and hey. apparently Dinobots and Predacons and Monster Bots and all the other animal bots. They put up uh, renders of vehicle and beast mode for uh, Optimus Primal and Beast Wars Megatron, and the Megatron is very clearly based on the Beast Wars 10th anniversary figure, whereas the Optimus Primal is kind of a weird variant based on the masterpiece that just came out. Yeah, but, like, he's got elements of sort of his the the third season oh. in it like the oh, the guns the, and the Beast shoulders. Wars 10th anniversary figure yeah yeah it it's a much more interesting design than the Megatron one i think yeah yeah well i like that megatron design but yeah the, the optimus I, just has more fun yep <laughs> and i i like that megatron design just not as much as transmetal megatron well nothing is that good Nothing's as good as Transmetal Megatron. That's that's foolishness to even try to compare anything to that. So so yeah, that's that's a thing. I guess maybe I will download that at some point now that I'm not I have a new phone and I'm not super concerned about the space on mine. And uh I'll I'll report back <laughs> with with uh reports of how much it wants you to spend money. Because some of those games, that's the thing, is I haven't downloaded it because so many of those games, they just want you to spend money. Part of the reason I don't feel as compelled to seek it out is it seems like it's one of those game of war, base building slash attacking PvP things, too. Yeah. Yeah, that doesn't sound great. But I'll, you know, I might try it out if I remember. Yeah, I... (laughs) <laughs> I shouldn't judge it before I've tried it. With my my tiny, tiny attention span. Uh, so, uh, that is our news for this week. Uh, very exciting. Nothing too, like, hilarious and notable for April Fool's, but that's probably for the best. Uh, so, uh, now we have, uh, of course, we, we uh, delayed these for a week. Uh, these came out last week, uh, but we had to have our uh, our friend Rob on to talk about the Tom Scioli stuff last week. Uh, so this week we've got uh, Lost Light number four and Till All Are One number eight. Uh, so shall we start with Lost Light? Sure. Oh, and... One complaint right off the bat. Okay. The main cover has Rung prominently featured on it. 
And Rung doesn't really show up until the very end and does nothing. Yeah, yeah. that's, you know, that's one of those things. It's a symbolic cover? Doesn't have to be yeah. things. Lots of cute generics in the background and, uh, um, hard to identify anyway. Yeah, it, like, it's what a good cover. On. Yeah. It's just, uh, at one of the first comic book trades I ever read had, uh, the writer David McElhinney self-flagellating over the fact that he'd accidentally done a misleading cover. <laughs> no! Oh no, I drew these two characters... We did a cover of these two characters fighting and they never fight during the cr- entire crossover. <laughs> oh. Oh, stop all the fighting! God damn it, people, just get along. Get along for just two minutes. What's the problem? I don't know. This is apparently why I can't write comics. So, uh, yeah, I guess we can do a, a real quick thing. Uh, so yes, the, the moon has returned. Uh, apparently the black box consortium didn't take it after all. Uh, it had been absconded with by some people on the council. Uh, so yeah, apparently the council are a combiner that turns into the key to vector sigma. Yeah. So that's interesting. I'm, I guess it's not the key to Vector Sigma we know, or they'd be a lot of mass shifting and they'd have to be little rectangles, I suppose. Maybe together. they turn into a giant version of that. Possibly. <laughs> that would be well, interesting. Like, they're all skinny dudes with weird heads, so I don't know. <laughs> so who knows? Uh, but yes, they are going to use wrong in this Possibly, I mean, I'd say it's it's likely that this drill tank mode they have made for him is contrived to some degree, uh, because they mentioned they are yeah, forced mass displacement. Yes, they've, they've forced him to mass displace to be big enough. The drill is obviously not an actual part of him. That it he falls has... off at one point, and that panel is great. Yes, it pops yeah, it, off. It falls off and shatters, so they probably didn't even use him to make the hole. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think, I, I will say that uh, I really like the stuff going on with Megatron in the storyline. And I kind of wonder if this is going to be one of those things at the end where he's, you know, like, I'm just going to stay here. Uh, who knows? I have heard that theory raised before, and I'd miss having him around the book, but it seems like a fitting end for this iteration of the character. Yeah, Yeah. basically, Rodimus is accusing him of getting involved in everything going on on this Cybertron because he's trying to delay you know, going to see the Knights of Cybertron and be judged by them. You know, it's it's more of him accusing Megatron of trying to draw things out for the sake of avoiding things. Uh, but yeah, I think that this is much more a case. <laughs> and oh my goodness, that panel when Minimus Ambus says that, that he doesn't think he's trying to avoid it. And <laughs> it's just, it's, Megatron just has this cute little smile. It's cute. That's such such a great dynamic there. Uh, 
But yeah, I think that basically Megatron is seeing this place as kind of a, a second chance. You know, a place where he can not have all that baggage and he can actually try to do things as as he had originally intended. And he's got Terminus there who, you know, occasionally looks on concerned as as things play out and as Rodimus talks about all the people Megatron murdered. And uh so so yeah, there's definitely I I really like Megatron's arc here in the way that he's just, you know, sort of taking command of things because that's what he does, you know, and he's very much in his element here. So yeah, I wouldn't be too surprised to to see him decide, you know, him and Terminus decide to stick around there. I would worry that down the road they're going to get the idea that they need to bring him back somehow as a villain again. Uh, well, eventually, yes, but but there's a way out of that. They don't have to bring back this Megatron. There's other dimensions. We can find an eviler Megatron. These other dimensions, and they could bring back, they could introduce Beast Wars Megatron. Ooh. Oh, oh, we can only dream. It's <laughs> going to say suddenly this is the the Sliders slash Exiles Transformers comic, Ooh. where they just you know keep going from alternate universe to alternate universe. Hope their next leap is the leap home. <laughs> Maybe they're hoping that, but, uh, but no, I think that, you know, whether, whether he stays or not, I think that this is, it's very interesting seeing what's going on with him. Uh, and speaking of things going on with people, uh, so you've got Cyclonus and Whirl taking down Killmaster. <laughs> like, did, did we, uh, did we have the part before about his name was Murder King, but he changed it to Killmaster. <laughs> I think that was new, and it's the best. It's yeah. pretty great. <laughs> I mean, for obvious reasons. Just, I don't don't ask me why. I mean, it's not exactly striking a blow against nominative determinism, is it? So, uh, so yeah, that's. <laughs> One of those great details about Killmaster, uh, who is probably the the best character who has had very very little actual panel time and never says anything. So uh, so yeah, no no, they... he, he did call Whirl his nemesis, so he has said a few things. Well, okay, he says a little bit, uh, but yeah, Whirl is great in the way that Whirl is always great, and he being the jerk. <laughs> He gets hung up on on telling Cyclonus that they need to talk. Just, uh, just cute. Uh, but but yes, as it turns out, uh, tailgates getting all like having fits in his sleep and tearing Cyclonus up because Cyclonus is trying to keep him from tearing himself apart, and that's why he's all, you know torn up on one side and that's that is interesting that's horrible yeah and and 
Cyclonus zaps himself to wherever Killmaster zaps things to get the other guys, or Nine and Swerve back, but of course they also zapped Killmaster there, so that's going to be an adventure. Yeah. And, and at the end, uh, World goes to tell Tailgate that he's in an abusive relationship, and he's the abusive <laughs> one. Well, I mean, he doesn't know, but yeah. So that's, that's, you know, that's interesting. Weird and complicated. Yes. I feel bad about everything about that. (laughs) Yeah, it's, it's the nicest thing World has ever done. It's also the worst thing World has ever done. It's, you know, it's... Well, there was that time he'd... Never mind. (laughs) (laughs) There's that time he had the baby that wasn't really a baby. Oh, that's great. But, uh, but, yeah, I, I do like that. I, I do, you know, I feel like after everything was resolved with, uh, Chrome Dome and Rewind, they just sort of settled into being this background couple and I kind of like that that hasn't happened with Cyclonus and Tailgate because someone needs to, you know, there needs to be crazy emo things going on with somebody. Uh, on the other hand, it's nice to have a couple who are just like settled back in. So it's nice to have a variety of couples. It's what I'm saying. I'm I'm worried that by the end of this particular plot arc, like not the going to the Functionist Universe plot arc, but by the end of the Tailgate Cyclonus relationship plot arc, one of them's not going to be alive. Yeah, or both. Because <laughs> um, yeah, I, I mean, what's going on with Tailgate does not seem to be something that's easy to just fix and admittedly things have seemed not easy to fix before and have been fixed but but yeah i mean this seems like a big deal and something that may end up with somebody sacrificing something uh so yeah i am curious to see where that's gonna where that's gonna lead us uh, and, and on the other subject of couples, we have Anode and Lug having a relationship moment for a couple pages. Anode's alt mode is so good. Yes. I, I didn't realize what it was. It, it, it's a little oldie timey biplane thingy and, and her, her transformation makes sense, mostly. I'm not sure how the back end <laughs> works, but her legs become her wings. Yeah. It is. It's, it's a very nice little transformation. Maybe, maybe we'll get a toy. Maybe someday we'll get a toy. Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's I mean, just more complex than I figured. I, I figured she was basically like a seeker, but she mm-hmm. ain't. Kind of like uh, how Rapids. Mind wipe, sorry. Mind wipe. Leg wings work. Uh, yeah. Maybe she could be a remold of Mind wipe. <laughs> I'd settle for Probably just a redeco in the colors and work out. So yes, that's apparently she had a terrible accident while working at the lighthouse and told Lug that she just 
missed her so much that she had to leave and, you know, sure. let her feel bad about that instead of being honest I about I wonder everything. what the accident was. <laughs> well, yes, she... I mean, they do go into detail. Yeah, yeah, they do go into that. Uh, about basically, she was given a she was given an assignment that she wasn't up to. Except, you know, given the work they were doing, that assignment was somebody's life, and and so yeah, she feels really bad about that. Even though, and, and I imagine, you know, that that seems. Like it would really ring true now, of course, I am nowhere near the medical profession, but, uh, you know, that, that seems like, you know, stuff happens and you lose patience and probably everybody is like, you know, it's okay, these things happen, but you still probably feel awful about it and some people probably can't take how awful they feel about it. Uh, so yeah, that's very, medical profession But apparently Lug is not ready to immediately forgive her, which is understandable. Which uh, is so weird yeah. since Lug is probably her consciousness of killing this protoform talking to her. Oh, I, I don't think so. I, I don't I'm even particularly... more convinced after this issue because, like, the, the last panel, she's just not there. Yeah. She's talking to herself. She left. Very quickly. <laughs> okay, so I I will be the voice of disagreeing with that theory, but people are still... I thought you were the one that came up with the theory in the first place. No. no I was the one who first no, started here. Oh, no. It, 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 it's a thing that it feels like it's going that way, but James Roberts has tricked us before with obvious answers and going left... So, we're not actually the obvious answer at all. So yeah. So, speaking of answers that aren't really answers at this point, we have Rung getting popped out of his supersized drill mode, and <laughs> my God, Rodimus doing his little "This is you," blah blah blah, where <laughs> he just. Gets the, one of the, you know, one of the guys off guard by taunting him and then, you know, attacking him. But I, I like how impressed, like, I guess not impressed, but just sort of like, I guess impressed Drift is with it. <laughs> he'll, he'll be fine as long as he can open his mouth. He can talk his way out of anything. But then there is some horrible Something thing that happens. they have now seen. Yeah. I also love him calling the council member Matrix Head. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's the one who's got a Matrix Head. Uh, but yes, so that's that's that. And at the end, this Whirl talking to Tailgate. Having a conversation with Tailgate. Dun, dun, dun. Yes, he's going to uh, tell him a love story. Does it have a happy ending? They never do. <laughs> I love that. I'm going to use that in something. Uh, but yeah, that's that's it for this month. 
Uh, also, I apologize if there are crashing sounds in the background. My cat is continuing to make poor life choices all over my desk. Hello. Yes. Go away. Stop, stop opening browser windows. Uh, so, yeah, overall, you know, it continues to be a very good comic, continues to have very good art. Uh, definitely, you know, on the cartoonier side from uh, what we're used to on the series, but not not in a bad way. Uh, so, yeah, our second comic for this month, or for this week, is Talalar 1, number 8. Uh, also really, really good. Yes. I'm, I'm loading it up now. So, yes, we have... I mean, I would say the only real weak point with the art that I can't really... I can't really criticize too much for is just that the Titans don't really have much of a sense of scale because they're, you know, the, the environment in their panels is not, you'd have to spend a very long time mm. detailing yep. to really, there's that's no like, real sense of scale because there's no real sense of space. Yeah. They're all just kind of fighting on a gradient background. Yeah. Cause it's like, a leveled field on Cybertron. Yeah. But yeah, there's not a lot you can do with that unless you're looking at, like, I don't know, early 90s anime levels of detail. I don't know, like, lighting might have been different? Like, most of the the normal Transformer-sized stuff happens in interiors, so the Titans are fighting outside. They could have had a different lighting effect on them. Like, it's daylight or something. Yeah. We we get uh, some narrative from Metroplex uh, explaining Vigilum, who is uh, so yeah, Carcer was basically a name created to cover up who he really was. So I I think in this case the uh, the incarceration uh, use of of the wording is probably the correct and intended wording. Yeah. Uh, because yeah, he was imprisoned. He was sent away uh, with with a buddy, his master. Yeah, which who I shows up. Didn't see coming at the end. I figured he was just sent away on his own. I didn't know he was sent away as a prison for somebody else. Yeah, kind of a neat yeah. idea. It's like like if you're gonna lock a guy inside of another guy, why would you fill it full of like jailers? Why wouldn't you just aim it into a star? <laughs> That might not that. do the job. Well, that's yeah, not. that's possible when dealing stuff like this. Uh, so yes, I like. Uh, so we get to see Liege Maximo, and who brought up Liege Maximo last time when we were talking about Vigilum and Cursor? I asked for a backstory on Liege Maximo last time. Okay, and so yeah, we have him. Yes, he is. Uh, he, he is unusually sexy for for Liege Maximo. Uh, he's he's not... robot Loki. He yeah, is. Yeah, I can I can see that because uh, uh, that would sort of fit him. Uh, I do appreciate that he is green and gray because yeah. he's from G two. <laughs> so it's, it's a bluish be... green, like um, aquamarine. Teal. Yeah, he's teal. That's what color you you gotta be. From G2, from the G2 Decepticons. Uh, so yeah, he was imprisoned in there, and he is scary. Mm. Uh, so yeah, is he, 
one of the 13 in here? I, is that what be, what's being suggested? Probably? I think, I think it is, yeah. Yeah, that's, like I said, he is sometimes, uh, you know, among, listed among them, uh, as a traitor and or one who, who left. Also, I just really like, so, so when Blade goes up and sort of takes control of, uh, you know, the Carcer ship body thing. Uh, and I, I really like, I really like her throwing Devastator. <laughs> oh yes, fastball specialing him. <laughs> yes, fastball specialing Devastator, which is, wow. And telling him Devastator, devastate, while chucking him at a Titan. Yes, and, uh, we get more of, uh, Chromia, so. Yeah, it's definitely good. You know, there was a lot of complaining early on that Chromia never really got, you know, she did something horrible and never really got any sort of punishment, you know, there there wasn't really much of a consequence for her, but we're we're definitely getting there, uh especially if the cover of the next issue is, is any indication. Uh but yeah, she fights her way to escape to go help win Blade because Metroplex basically lets her out. Uh, which which I like. You know, I I really like the Metroplex win Blade thing. I can't help it. It's They're good, yeah. 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 So I mean yeah, she's the only person who can really talk to him, so of course he's, you know, concerned about her safety. Uh so yes, he frees Chromia to go help her. Uh, but yeah, most of the issue is her struggling against Vigilum uh, and taking control of the, the Titan body uh, and sort of that, that internal fight for control uh, while also dealing with the external fight as Vigilum, you know, tries to free his prisoner, who is his master, apparently. Uh, and everyone else on the ship is, you know, like hell no. But yeah, it's it's a really good issue. At the end, it's really not super clear, you know, what's become of Windblade after doing that. What's going to be, you know, the the mental and emotional repercussions of that? Because uh, yeah, at the end, she's basically unconscious with with chromia holding her yeah the, the last panel is very pieta yeah <laughs> which is worrying uh but yes the cover for the next issue i mean the the solicit thing mentions you know calls chromia the council's first official war criminal so you know this is it's gonna be a thing. It's not just being glossed over forever. Uh, so I, I'm really curious to see what's done with Liege Maximo. Uh, you know, he's been brought in from a few different storylines. Uh, so yeah, I'm curious to see what they do with him, making him basically like, you know, a Loki sort of character where he's you know, mischievous and super powerful, godlike would uh definitely add an, another interesting element to the yeah, I, 
to everything going on. I kind of get the feeling we're not going to see him for a while until, like, Starscream massively screws something up and then Robot Loki shows up to help. (laughs) Quote, help. (laughs) And I'm wondering, like, uh, there's a flash where Windblade has red eyes, so I'm wondering if, like, Vigilum might be left in her head. That seems to be what it was implying. I really liked the stuff it did of them kind of fighting mentally with the smear between Vigilem's red eyes and Wimbledon's blue eyes in yeah. kind of their mental shared space. And yeah, that, that stuff was good. I think what they were going for with the uh, faceplate on Vigilem and the Titan scale scenes was that the faceplate was off when it was Windblade in control of Vigilem, and then it was on when Vigilem was in control, but I think it just served to disconnect the uh, character's mental version versus physical version from each other. Yeah. Or, hmm, it, it is hard to tell, because like, his face transforms in the Titan version, and it's not in the internal ones. I there's something going on there. Yeah. Although, we might not get any answers, because Blade's eyes turned red, and then was being shot by, uh... Who is that? Yeah, Vigilum's core uh, gets shot yeah. by... Elita one. Um, yeah. Elita. Elita. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm worried when Blade's dead. No! They can't do that! I definitely don't She's... want that to be true, but... It, Definitely seems like what the comics imply. She's She's gonna rise three issues later. She'll be fine. Uh, true. (laughs) Uh, So I'm looking at, uh, just, uh, looking over Leech Maximo's wiki page, TF wiki page, and I, I do appreciate the difference in the art between his original appearance and you go down a little too. So yeah. The, this appearance does appear to look more like the Covenant of Primus, uh, artwork. Ah. Which was, uh, done, as I recall, by some various, I, I know that Aaron got some various, like, people from over on the, the Dungeons and Dragons team to do <laughs> some art for them. Uh, but, uh, so yeah, that looks a little closer to that, but the color does seem a bit more, you know, G2. I love that. I love G2. Uh, and and it mentions that he was once a multiversal singularity, but that is no longer the case. So, that's interesting. Well, the I multiversal singularity stuff was weird to begin with. I mean, it kind of works for Unicron yeah. and Primus, but not for anybody else. Yeah. It, it's all just a bit of uh, a bit too much of Simon Furman, much like me reading too much Michael Moorcock. Because, yeah. yeah. <laughs> or a lot of uh, just multiverse, multiverse stuff is influenced Apparently, by that. Apparently something within fun pub fiction called the Shrouding was a in-universe explanation for multiversal singularities not being a thing anymore. Uh-huh. Oh, okay. Sure. Sure. <laughs> Someone didn't read enough Michael Moorcock to appreciate the multiversal singularities. 
Okay. So, so yeah, this is, uh, it's going to be, you know, we haven't really had anyone who's like an actual member. Well, no, we do have uh, Alpha Trion. Yeah. I was going to say, we don't really have anyone from the 13 still wandering around, but there is Alpha Trion, so that's not true. Although, uh, they should... Alpha Trion's also always been the kind of impotent one out of the 13 who took notes. <laughs> that is true. He's the secretary. <laughs> Aww. So yeah, this was really good, and I hope Windblade's not dead, because I like her a lot. I don't want her to die. But we we shall see. Uh, probably in, you know, three or four weeks. Uh, so, yeah, that is it for this week. Unless anybody's got anything additional to add? Nope. I think that's good. I enjoyed it. So, uh, we will be back next week with whatever news and whatever comics. Uh, I don't know. Some comics are going to happen. Maybe. Maybe not. We'll find out. Uh, I know there wasn't anything coming out this week, uh, except for uh, a a revolution thing that's got cute kid art that I'll probably look through. Revolution? Aw, oh, yeah. <laughs> Aw. So, other than that, uh, yeah, not I much think on this our week. next comic is Optimus Prime number 6 on the week of the 19th. Okay. So hey, maybe we'll get some of that revolution reading in after all. Or oh, and Lost no, Light number five that week as well. Hey. Hey. Nice. Uh, so yeah, until then, uh, we'll call it a call it an episode. Uh, this has been Jen and Alex and David. Good night. Patreon stuff, do we maybe? Well, maybe we should mention it to people if they want to. Kimono Friends Podcast for Patreons only. I figure it's either that or we just like start reviewing random episodes of like the Energon Trilogy, Unicron Trilogy stuff. No. (laughs) I mean, yes, but no. (laughs) (laughs) We try to make shorter episodes. Leave it to uh, Patreon backer votes. Oh, yeah. Oh, let yeah, them that, let them punish us appropriately. Well, we could put in what the list of what they could do. Act, act, you know, actually, that'd be kind of neat. Like, alter, like put a kimono friends on there every time and see if that gets the high, and we just keep doing that, or if we do random. <laughs> see if we can get anyone to actually vote for it. Yeah. Well, first we need more Patreons, but. We start doing stuff that'll encourage people. I guess we could yeah. like do the first episode of Commando Friends and then have the vote or something. I don't know. You really want us to do more of that, though? <laughs> After watching the the end of it, yes, yes. 
Because watching like episode nine, it's or was it nine or ten? One one of the last ones. Like, oh, this would be a good episode. And then I watched the last two, and it's like, yes, we have to watch this. Mm, I don't like it. I'm afraid. <laughs> Remember I'm Beast Wars season finale? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Is it a big cliffhanger? I don't want it to be a big cliffhanger. I'm scared. What? I don't like it. Okay, it's it's not like every it, shit blows up, everyone dies kind of episode ending, but <laughs> it's like you're you're not sure who's going to survive until the beginning of the next season. Yeah, no, it 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 wraps up a lot of things, but like the last two episodes are are like big things happening. <laughs> Questions are answered. More are raised. <gasps> Does Cabon blow up the moon 